Did you check the first panel? It's full of gas, sir. We checked the whole truck, asshole. There's nothing in it. And you're out of your neighborhood, big city boy. I want your badge. I want your weapon. I want your ass. Who in the fuck do you think you are? He thinks he's Rambo. Rambo is a pussy. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. I was just Googling, well, I'm not going to give it away. It's a little something for later. You're going to share your Google history with us? Uh, Nope. Could get dark. No, best not. Best not. Black Friday machete sales. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yesterday was Friday the 13th. Today, it's oh, today it for you. Oh, today, yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about Tango and Cash. We are. Cash and Tango. Cash, Tango. Sly and... Kurt. Kurt. And Russ. Does he have a nickname? Like Stallone and Russell doesn't even really work either, does it? We love Kurt Russell, but he needs a nickname. Russ? Russ, yeah, big Russ. We can call him Russ if we want. Yeah, why not? Let's do that. Russ. Russell Crowe can, can sit on it. What do you think Goldie calls him? Um, I think she calls him Go Go, Go because Go Go, <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So apparently his nickname as a kid was Go Go. Oh, and as it turns out, that was her nickname as a kid as well. Oh, well, I get it for Goldie. So I imagine, I imagine they just call Go-Go. each other Go Go. And Stallone's nickname was Dinky. Was it anyway? This film came out in 1989, Greg. What a year! <laughs> It did. Wow, we it's well well trod territory for us. Nineteen eighty nine, the afterglow of Expo eighty eight. Yeah, the come down, as it were. Yeah, yeah. And so, given the world was resting in nineteen eighty nine, nothing happened. Um, I thought I would just touch on, you know, we we talk about member berries week in week out. Mm. Uh, so I thought it's worth reminding ourselves. Yeah, where that came from, the term member berry. Yeah. Uh, now, I don't know it before South Park. As far as I know, it's South Park origin. I'm fairly certain it's the South Park thing, yeah. It's the berries and they talk. Yeah. Oh, and member Bionic Man. Oh, I remember. I love Bionic Man. Remember Chewbacca again? Oh, I love to remember Chewbacca. Hey, remember when there weren't so many Mexicans? Oh, I remember. Wait, what? Yeah, remember when marriage was just between a man and a woman? I remember. Oh, I remember. Yeah, I remember that. Wait. Remember feeling safe? Remember no ice? Remember Reagan? Oh, I remember. What the fuck's going on with these member berries? Yeah, and they just drop sort of these far right little the world used to be better. It's pretty astute. It's very it astute. is a great it's a great it's a great uh uh way to, to deliver the uh the potential toxicity of nostalgia. Mm. You know, like, oh, weren't things so much better back then? I really liked the way they did it too because they were doing it initially, I think, in reference to like the new Star Wars movies and it's like, man, bet you back up, man, bear. Mm. And how these re- these new movies were basically just remakes of the old ones and people just ate it up because nostalgia is delicious. 
But you know what else was going on when those movies were made? Terrible things, Greg. Life was probably a little bit worse. In terms of the stats, Tristan, the stats around health and average life expectancy and yeah. access to healthcare education, etc. Especially if you're not white or a man. Correct. Correct. Uh, so, yeah. We had a good run. Yeah, we did. So, memberberry is also, don't you know, um, a strain of marijuana now. Really? Yeah, it's called the memberberry. So, all you stoners out there, you might go, of course it is. Or you might go, ooh, there's one I haven't tried before. I need to get my hands on. So I went. I did some digging. I haven't. Uh, I haven't had any um, physical testing of to to really round this out. Mm. But I did discover uh, I, what I didn't know was there is quite a oh, what's the word I'm looking for. There's a bit of an industry around uh, well weed, obviously, but yeah, flavor profiles and. Uh, Strain effects. So long story short, uh, for any wine lovers or wine likers out there, there's Vivino. Wow. You know, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it. Well, I won't say the brand, but I was doing some strategy work for a big wine alcohol company. Uh-huh. Wine alcohol. Yeah. Some call it wine alcohol. Um, and <laughs> Honey, I'm just stopping in to get some wine alcohol. <laughs> off the tongue. And, um, and it was all about product innovation. And I was like, weed is happening. You either get in or you're out. Because culturally, I can see a shift of, of weed being more associated with like the wellness side of things mm. and alcohol being dirty unhealthy mm. and I know it's not as black and white as that but I just mean in terms of perception and its place in culture and you know and so I said you need a wine that pairs with weed mm. not so much a weed wine but a, a wine designed for when you're weed high. smokers well, yes yeah. it seems like the 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 treatment of weed is similar to wine so listen to this mm-hmm. um so there's a lot of there's a lot of similarities there. and they're both sort of relaxing kind of things anyway this is the yeah. site leafly.com. I not I think it's US based because you can buy weed and anyway, it's it gives right. you it's like Vivino. If you know Vivino, it's the it's the app um, where you take a photo of your bottle and then it you can uh. review it and it's most bottles will have heaps of reviews and it gives you a bit of a flavor profile and Memberberry gets a rating of 4.6. Right. Uh and on the calming to energizing scale, it's about midpoint. And it's also midpoint from a low THC to a high THC. So you might, on Vivino, you'd have like tannins or yeah. acid or um, heavy to light as, as the sort of scale. So it's really yeah. quite similar. Flavor profile is a berry and top effect is aroused. So this is horny weed, Tristan, Oy! which is intriguing. Talk and then it gives a blurb. Keep so I'm going to give you guys the blurb on going. member berry. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> you know who likes horny weed? You know. Oh, Keep man. going. Keep going indeed. Memberberry is a hybrid marijuana strain, marijuana strain, made from crossing skunk berry with, you guessed it, Mandarin Sunset. Ah. Memberberry produces a long-lasting high with happy Classic. and euphoric effects. This strain features an aroma that smells tart and fruity. Mm. Growers say this strain comes in dense green buds that are beautiful to behold. 
<laughs> Amberberry <laughs> is ideal for daytime use as it will keep you floating through your day with ease. Uh, it get feelings of hunger, <laughs> relaxation and arousal. <laughs> but the negatives, you could probably guess these, anxious, dry mouth and red eyes. Well, isn't that just weird? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So there's a lot more in here but it's kind of – isn't that interesting? This is a thing. I think Leafly. that's exactly it though. I could see our, uh, uh, weed being sort of, yeah, analogous to like a wine type of Yeah. So you product. sit around yeah. at a dinner party <clears throat> and you share a joint or however it's consumed and then you talk I can see, I can imagine people putting it in the food. Yeah. yeah. Like so for our entree we're having a little uh, – I don't know, something with weed in it. <laughs> yeah, interesting, isn't it? We're having a weed salad. <laughs> so remember, uh, there you go. Keep an eye out at your local dispensary if you're US-based. Hey, big year. Well, not. Nah, I can't do my usual segue there, Greg. But uh, 1989 was a year. <laughs> sure was. Speaking of member berries, i got some film member berries for you. Oh. Uh, Box office was huge in 1989. Sure was. And we've covered a lot, like you said. Why don't I go in reverse order in some of uh, in terms of box office numbers? We've done the film Cyborg, sort of. Caveat there. We sort of did it. I think yeah. we should revisit that because you haven't watched it probably, right? Yeah. True. Kickboxer, Weekend at Boinies, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. All films we've covered. They're right there in the back catalogue, guys. Go mm. look them up. Have mm. a listen. Mm. Leave a review. All of mm. the above. Mm. Christmas Vacation. Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Back to the Future Part 2, Batman, many, many things. But there was a little film, Greg, came in at number 26 that year. A little film about a man named Tango and his, I guess, frenemy, Cash. Tango. Yeah, what are their first names again? Ray and Sylvester, Gabe. Gabe. Ray Tango. Ray Tango and Gabriel Cash. Hey, is he Gabe? He's Gabe in He's Gabe in Cliffhanger 2. Is he? Sequel. Yeah. I don't mean Cliffhanger 2. I mean Cliffhanger <laughs> 2 as well. Also. also. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tango and Cash came out in December of 1989. Officially, Christmas someone's movie. Well, <laughs> that too. A friend of the show mentioned this. It was the the last film of the 80s. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Big wow. Multiple wows. Wow. Big wow. Do we need a Jennifer Coolidge wow? Yeah. Wow. Wow. It still sounds like Owen Wilson. That's she so like interesting. She does. I want to be a dolphin. What did she say? I want to be a dolphin. But she didn't say play, she said B. Oh. And they're like, oh, you mean like in an animation? And she's like, no. <laughs> she's like, oh, like, like Flipper? She's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, she's so fucking if you funny, heard, man. Um, if, you, if you slept on the Golden Globes this week, do, go, do yourself a favour and go and listen to Jennifer Coolidge's interviews. They're, they're, they're pretty hysterical. And she's amazing. Um, I feel like she's playing a character at this point. Yeah. She's having fun. Mm, yeah. Good on her. All right, budget of $54 million, gross box office of $120 million. So, yeah, I mean, that's great, Romy. You know, just because it's not in the top 10 
Doesn't mean it doesn't have great Romy. Mm. Tell you what. Mm. Rotten Tomatoes, on the other hand, critic score 31%, audience score 52%. Mm. Critic consensus as follows. Brutally violent and punishingly dull, this cookie-cutter buddy cop thriller isn't even fun enough to reach so bad it's good status. Uh, oh. Objection, Your Honour. It's definitely bad enough to be good. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly what it is. Anyway, sorry. It's exactly perfect. And it's so funny because I... When I see a Rotten Tomato score like that, I do look, I then go, okay, well, what are these reviews saying by the critics, not by the audience? And usually there's a few that kind of even it out and you go, yeah, that's where I sit. They were basically all rotten and there were a couple of positive ones, but <laughs> the funniest one, this was not a positive one, it was from a few years ago. It said, Tango and Cash turns 25 years old next month. Which means if it were a person, it'd be right around the right age to start realising what a stupid movie Tango and Cash is. <laughs> That's, what does that even mean? That's... <laughs> I don't know. But you know what? This movie is silly, but it's fun. It's yeah. great. Anyway, we'll get into rewatch. Show my cards. Uh, mm, was this a big mm. movie for you back in the day, Greg? It sure was, Tristan. It was huge. This one, oh man, like I watched this with the Serbs a lot. Like Milan, right. Stev. We watched this a lot. Yeah. It was up there with in the rotation for probably most watched over um, Interest- really? sort, sort okay. of like a mid-90s period. Huge. I think I think we all seemed to have it on VCR and away we went. Fuck, that's amazing. Yeah. It, it was, wasn't as big for yeah, me. it was big. I watched it back in the day but I it must have been a long time ago because I don't really remember. And when I was re-watching it this time. It's fresh. I didn't know what was going to happen. Aside from the, like the tropes, like I knew it was going to happen ultimately, but but in yeah. terms of yeah, I didn't. Yeah, it was pretty fresh. <laughs> I didn't know which way this one was going to end. Up. <laughs> I was like, "Gonna win? Oh my god! They've only got twenty minutes to wrap this up. Um, <laughs> Get the Tarago in there." <laughs> yes, <laughs> I had that too. They had like a mega soccer mom car. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What is that? That is an RV from hell. Care to join me? Ah, that's amazing. (laughs) Uh, Is that an RV? That was a Tarago. Anyway, more on that later. (laughs) I'm also realising based on, you know, we've done a few Sly ones now, we've done a lot of Arnold ones and a a lot of Van Damme ones. I think my childhood was more dominated by Arnold and Van Damme. Like Rambo is big, but I think a lot of these Stallone ones we've been doing, oh, Cliffhanger was pretty big. I don't know, they're just not as prominent in my members, mm. in my member berries. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, should I get into the origin story? <laughs> yeah, get into the origin story. Say something nice about a caviar as well. <laughs> origin story. Thanks, Oki. Oki wrote us an un- angry letter recently because he listened to that episode six months ago where we said something bad about him. The voice of origin story is what we're talking about. He's yelling at us right now. <laughs> he's, he's shaking his fist at his headphones. All right. Now, allegedly, this film was conceived as a Stallone Schwarzenegger project. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'd heard that recently, though. I think a friend of the show may have commented that somewhere. And then I saw Stallone say it. I couldn't find it in writing anywhere that that was officially a thing, but Stallone mentioned it in one of the interviews. So it, is, it was a thing. And it wasn't called Tango and Cash. It was called The Setup. Ooh. The Setup. Yes, because they were set up. Yeah. 
They were. Obviously, that didn't happen because they're at the peak of their rivalry. I make Rambo, he makes Commando, he makes Bingo, I make Bongo. That old chestnut. I'm a, I'm a slinky, he's a stinky. <laughs> yeah, I'm a dinky, he's a dinky. go-go. Uh, <laughs> but you know who they did get instead of Arnold? Um, Clint Eastwood. No, they, were, they got Swayze. Swayze was like signed on. Swayze. It was going to be Stallone and Swayze. Okay. And but Swayze dropped out to do Roadhouse instead. Yeah, good move. Which I think everything netted out okay because yeah. Roadhouse without Swayze would probably be shit. <clears throat> he would have been good in this, but we got Kurt Russell and he's great. Kurt, Kurt's a lot more comedic. Yeah, I think Kurt Russell is is a bit of, as far as my childhood, a bit of a gap. But as an adult, the more I learn about him, the more I like this guy. Mm. Well, you're a, you're a carpenterman. You're now a, I am, a, a but new, I wasn't you're, yeah, before. You're a new fan, newfound carpenterman. Yeah. And obviously Carpenter is a Kurtman. He is a Kurtman. Big Kurtman. It's always done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it works. Yeah, yeah. So Swayze is out. Russell is in. Stallone is in. And the Russian director by the name of Andrei Konchalovsky. Never heard of him. Was signed on as director. Never heard of him. Well, you know why? Because he got fired three months into shooting over a few uh, a few issues kind of coming together. Oh, yeah. Um, I've read a few different points of view on this. Everyone seems to have something to say. Oh, yeah. But apparently him and Stallone wanted this film to be more serious, but the producers wanted it to be more campy, kind of spoofy. Producers won, um, mostly. Yeah, I think so. And I, I don't know. I think I kind I of s- agree with the producers on this one, I think. We'll get into the rewatch. Uh, hmm. We'll get into the Sorry. Um, Continue. He says, you know, I was hired to do a buddy cop movie with some humour in it, but they wanted to make a full-on spoof. And um, apparently, all of, I keep saying apparently because, you know, all this stuff, it's like it's on Wikipedia and IMDb. Yeah, you don't totally know. But apparently someone who worked on the film said that Stallone was the glue that kept this whole thing together because it was an absolute shit show. Um, this person said this is the worst. Difference of opinions. <laughs> the reproduction of it, not the result. Said the worst, uh, this was the worst organised, most poorly prepared film I've ever been on in my life. From the first day we started, no one knew what the hell anyone was doing. And so uh, Andre got fired essentially and replaced by an uncredited Albert Magnoli. So basically you've got a guy that shot 90% of the movie trying to make it more serious and then you got a director in the editing booth trying to make it funny with, along with some reshoots but i was able to find i was able to find a pretty cool interview with uh Andrei Konchalovsky himself where he talks about this and it's quite charming mm. i must say okay no thank god i was like you make only one big major company studio it's a tango in cash, but you know, I made it for money. I knew that I'm going to to corrupt myself. I knew that I have to collaborate, but I didn't know on which extent. That when I, when I realized on which extent I have to cooperate, uh, I basically fucked it up. <laughs> I couldn't be so agreeable. And I made everything. I was waiting for a certain point to be fired. But I got to this point and then I made everything and I was fired. Luckily for me. 
because I hated the finale of Time Gun Cash with this whole explosion, this car going here and there. And I was, I was promised that I'm going to have my finale of the film. And uh, they lied to me all the way through and they fired me. And I made a very sad face and said, oh, I'm very sorry, but I was elated because I went to Spain. I enjoyed my experience of humiliation and I enjoyed my experience of uh, lack of freedom in a sense in Hollywood. Mm, you know, I spent a lot of time sitting in my trailer reading Los Angeles Times and every time that they say, sir, it's ready, I, wake, I came out and say, action, cut, back to the trailer. It was not much of creative force inside of me, no juices. But that was great because it was extremely professional. He's pretty at peace with it. Yeah, he's he's pretty zen, man. <laughs> yeah. And he went back to Russia and made more films in Russia, I guess, it seems. I find based happiness, on I find happiness in my humiliation. And yeah. I went to Spain. <laughs> <laughs> Ledge. <laughs> it's giving that kind of Kramer energy when he gets that job and has no idea what he's doing. Serious <laughs> Kramer with the like, eyebrows. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oy. And you know, you know what they say, bish bash bosh, you go sell a film. Mm-hmm. Um, should we play the trailer? Yeah. This is going to be a great trailer. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a great yeah. trailer. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. Whoever set us up is really connected. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Relax. Soap. And don't flatter yourself. Meet Ray Tango. He likes money. <laughs> he's a Kong. He's a go. But doesn't bother with cash. Meet Gabe Cash. He won't dance around trouble and doesn't mind stepping on toes. I hate you karate guys. Two of L.A.'s top rival cops are having a good time staying in rhythm. You know me, huh? Yeah, I hear you're the second best cop in L.A. That's funny. I hear the same thing about you. But they're going to have to work together, even if it kills them. Right now! We'll take it. No. That's one of a kind. We won't put a scratch on it. Did you sleep with my sister? I was so drunk, I honestly, I don't remember, okay? Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell. <laughs> Tango and Cash. <laughs> Uh, and the rest is history. It sure is. Uh, what happened in this movie, Greg? Well, what didn't happen? I mean, yeah. you start with a pretty crazy, nay, a zany idea. Okay? Yeah, yeah you do. You ready for it? Yeah. We're going to get two cops. Yeah. Police cops. Oh, police cops, yeah. You get one. Dresses like a banker but doesn't need the money to be a cop. He's rich. He's rich. He's an investor, it seems. Self-managed yeah. investment banker type guy. Fences himself a bit of a Mike Lowry, perhaps. A real Mike Lowry type. Yeah. Uh, and I guess America is full of rich guys that just want to be cops. So, you know, it's an obvious <laughs> it's, one. It's about power, Greg. Yeah, shooty, <laughs> shooty bang bangs. Uh, the other one's a bit of a slob. Uh, like if you gave the guy from overboard a gun uh, and put an oversized laser sighting 
mechanism on top. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you got these two guys. Uh, they're loners. How could anyone work with these guys? That's the question. Mm. No one could. They're, they're Do these cops end up becoming Lone buddies? rangers. Kind of. So, the, yeah, okay, well, there's also some baddies, Tristan. Ah, uh, baddies. There's some baddies. Like babes? No, no, in the 80s <laughs> term Well, there's baddies. one baddie. Um, now, the baddies are a bit fed up with these guys, Tango and Cash, yeah. um, because they keep busting their drug operations and costing them millions and millions of dollars. Um, so, <laughs> the collection of baddies... Uh, council of old men. Yeah, council of old men. They're driving past one of the buses in the desert, coincidentally. And Jack Palance is head baddie. And he's like, oh, I'm going to do something here. And they're like, let's just kill these guys and get them out of the way. He's like, no, 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 no. i got a better idea. And obviously he watched James Bond that morning. Uh, <laughs> so he cooks up in a very elaborate plan. What they're going to do, Tristan, is frame Tango and Cash. Yeah. Put them through a very high-profile media-covered court case. And then when they're convicted... They'll switch them into a dangerous gen pop prison instead of like a cushy upstate white collar thing. Nice. And then some ill tempered sea bass. Yes. Well, (laughs) some ill tempered jaw bass. Uh, They go into jail. Uh, He even comes, sneaks into jail to see them, but that still doesn't kill them. And the guys are getting fed up. We should just kill him. He's like, no, no, no. I don't know. He's playing with his kiss and his rats. It's a bit weird. (laughs) Anyway. Tango and Cash realise they've got to break out of this prison and go about clearing their names. But to do yeah. this, you're right, Tristan, these guys don't like each other, but they're going to have to work as a team and they're about to find out wow. that a team is not a team unless you don't give a damn about each other. Now, that's from a different movie, <laughs> but it's the same principle. Yeah. What's that from? So then they go out and they, uh, that's from, that's from best of the best. That's James Earl Jones, the great James Earl Jones. Uh, yeah. uh, so they go out, start bit by bit, piecing this detective puzzle together, climaxing in a scene where they drive an armored Turago at high speeds into the baddies lair, which on the outside looks like a demandable smoko shed on a construction site, but then inside is quite a lavish sliver. Screens everywhere, dream. brutalism. That's my, I love that. Yeah, I love that. I thought you would. I have a dream to buy a real shitty terrace and have it all nice inside, but the outside looks like shit. Yeah. It's my dream. Like a cracked dude. Uh, and it's also got Terry Hatcher. Sure does. Four stars. <laughs> for Terry Hatcher or for the film? Oh, five stars for Terry. Four, <laughs> four overall. Okay, nice. Nice. Look, that wasn't my best synopsis, but you got the picture. You mentioned Terry Hatcher. That's that's the main thing. She's got a thousand watt smile, Tristan. Sure does. She wasn't a very good actor at this point. I thought she was perfect. <laughs> She's got a real eighties butt. As in no butt. No butt. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an eighties butt. <laughs> I got a I got a twenty twenty two butt. Yeah, you I got do. a shelf. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what a delightful movie! This is this is just straight up comfort food, man. It's just fucking. It's all the things. It's like, put, give me all them things. 
you put them right in my mouth. I think at first, to be honest, I was a little bit like, oh, no, is this really shit? Like that, it opens and he, he shoots the truck and I was a bit like. Perfect. Uh, I wasn't quite on the level yet. I wasn't quite on the level yet. Mm. And then I, I was like, that's just so. Meh. And then I realized, oh, no, this is like 10 tropes a minute. And then yeah. once I was in there, I was like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. Give me more, more. It's so densely packed. His first five lines or so are uh, one line like lousy zingers. Yeah. Rambo is a pussy. Rambo, thanks <laughs> for dropping back. In. I, prefer, I prefer blondes. Yeah, there's so much of, oh, my God. It, what do you know? It's snowing. Yeah. Like I think I messaged you at the seven-minute mark and it was basically like. I'm exhausted. The safe, it was usually like the safe level of trope for an entire film. Mm. So they really pushed the limits here and took some risks. This was uh, dangerous filmmaking. Yeah. Avant-garde. How much can you tip <laughs> into the trope cement spinner? Before it explodes up. Yeah. It's like, guys, this is the last film of the 80s. We need all of the 80s trope. This needs to be a recap of every 80s movie action trope to send off the decade. Mm. And yeah. boy, did they succeed. Oh, yeah. So you, so you enjoyed it? I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I had a great time. I mean, I this is never going to be like my favourite movie of all time or anything like that, but I could put this on at any point and just watch it, I think. Would it Very be? Would it be? So you've got a... You've got a hypothetical bar, yeah, that you speak of that runs films in the background. Would this get on the rotation? I don't know if this is aesthetic enough. I don't think this is aesthetic enough. What were the other ones I did for that? Yeah, that's I think a I did good question. We cocktail. Need to keep note of those. Cocktail was one, maybe, or maybe I'm just thinking because no. that was a bar. Maybe it's not <laughs> cocktail. <laughs> and another one with a bar in it. Now, uh, I know Top Gun was definitely one. There might have been like a sci-fi thing or something. Mm. I mean, let's be honest. If I had a bar, I would probably put this on. But in terms of that, uh, what you mean by that, I don't know if this is, yeah, I don't know if it's aesthetic enough. It's not there. But it's up. Mm-hmm. It's it's in the zone. It's in the zone for sure. Um, but before I forget, you know that, that scene where he shoots the truck was apparently a reference to Police Story. Oh. Apparently Jackie Chan does that. I don't remember that. I haven't watched Police Story yeah, in a Yeah, I haven't time. seen Police Story in years. But we were talking about doing a Hong Kong miniseries. Maybe we will. Is he Hong yes. Kong? Yes. He's Hong Kong. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Did you enjoy the film, Greg? I did. I watched uh, – I, look, I, I watched – I tried to watch most of it twice because I did fall asleep, not out of – Anything wrong with this movie? I was just a bit tired. Yeah, um, and I was comfy. I was very comfortable. No, not at off. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was it was camper. That, I think yeah. it's the second week in a row I've said this, but it was definitely camper than I remember as a kid. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're probably enjoying it on a different level now. Maybe not to put words in your mouth. Yeah, like I wouldn't call it homoerotic undertones. I would say like it was pretty blatant at times. <laughs> like there's. It's funny how they deal with sexual tension between two buddy cops, but this was like, there's one bit and, you know, whatever, but there's one scene where he, where they pull the gun on each other and he goes, oh, oh, this gun, and he pushes it into his nuts and he's looking him in the eye. And I think <laughs> if you, you know, if you're not making an advancement on yeah, another yeah. man, I would say that you should draw the line at, Pushing anything into their genitals whilst maintaining eye contact. Yeah, you're basically docking at that point. Yeah, 
with eye contact. Eye contact's a big thing. Eye contact is, that's big, yeah, it's big. It's intimate. Yeah, it's intimate. Yeah. So that happens. Yeah. Um, not to mention, you know. Keep going. All the other things. Um, but that's one that <laughs> stood out for me. The whole shower scene, man. I think that hits us harder as Australians because I, I guess the the communal shower thing seems to be more of a thing in America, uh, I think. I don't mean be- guessing based off TV and movies, but and I know that's a prison, obviously. But I, in high school and yeah. stuff, right, that seems to be a thing. Well, we boarders at our school had to do it. I was talking right. to a couple of boarders about it recently. I was like, I wonder if they still – so they basic – so the boarders at my school – which was a, an all-boys, like, Catholic school. Yeah. And half the kids – oh, not half, about a third of the kids were uh, boarders, so they lived at school yeah. in the country and quite often. Yeah. And they – my mate was saying it was basically like in like in the prison movies, it was a wall with, like, a few shower – like a row of shower heads and you just – away you go. Huh. That's weird. But why? It's a bit – Why not just have a well, curtain or something? I don't know. I wonder if they do now. I was interested yeah. in sort of where we it landed. Seems, that would be interesting. It just seems odd, man. We, so we were talking about this recently too, uh, some of my high school friends, because we didn't even shower after like PE or whatever. Yeah. And and I guess we we're just gross teenage boys. It didn't even occur to me that I would need to. <laughs> you know, you just throw, throw on some links or okay, yeah. Axe, Africa. Africa, yeah, or Accelerate, thank you very much. Um, oh, yeah. And like, you know, which doesn't. Deodorize it, it just adds more it, flavor. It morphs. <laughs> <laughs> adds a little bit of um, spice. Yeah, yeah. Um, to the stank. But my friend was saying about a teacher who won't be named, but also I don't remember his name. Um, apparently, one of the teachers <laughs> did encourage the boys to shower, and I can't tell. I think the way my friend was explaining it, it was hard to tell if it was from a so innocent, not realizing how creepy that sounds. Like, obviously, have a shower. You're sweaty, you gross teenage boys. Or whether it was there was something more sinister happening there. Uh, I did also go to a boys' school, not a not a Catholic boarding school, but a, a boys' school. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. It's it, it's anyway. <laughs> it's, a, it's a dark path to go down. But um, but just in terms of like these guys uh, interacting, they're just they're having a grand old time, just being naked in the shower together, talking about each other's. Willies. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Relax. Soap. And don't flatter yourself. Pee-wee. I don't know you that well. Don't worry, Cash. Someday the other one will drop. <laughs> Attaboy, tripod. <laughs> Just keep talking. Good thing, Minnie Mouse. Once they got to that point, I was like, okay, fuck, they really got in there. Um, yeah. I got a clip here. Of, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> of, of a couple just of some of my shower. favorite shower scenes. No, um, these uh, okay. What about the shower scene in Stormtroopers, Starship Troopers? Starship Troopers, yeah, that's like that's great. They're all in there. Verhoeven, it's like intersex you know, you see, Nudity is a part of the human experience. It's part of the show. Everybody in the shower, quick! I needed to show the, the camaraderie of the genders, and apparently he got naked for that as well to have some camaraderie with the. With the actors. I'm sure they were very happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> Camaraderie. Yeah, we're going to ladder each other up. Wow, we need to do some more Verhoeven. Yeah, oh. we do need to do some Verhoeven. Yeah. Um, well, anyway. Yeah, where were we? There is the great thing about this movie as well is there's a lot of, there was a significant press tour 
and they're always being interviewed together. And for whatever reason, Stallone is still dressed like Tango in all of these. Um, and I watched, nice, I, wa- I, like it. I watched them all. They did Arsenio, they did Oprah, they did Bobby Weigand, the delightful old lady, and a bunch of others. None of them are that clip worthy for the pod, but I recommend anyone go and watch them because there's great banter amongst them. They seem like good buddies. But as singular clips, there's not that many. Other than this one, mm. which is talking about the lead up to that very shower scene, um, talking about mm-hmm. potential stunt butts and things. Well, was that scene embarrassing to do? I mean, because I know there are hundreds of people standing around while you're yeah, yeah, telling the truth. Yeah. Yeah, they came to me. Uh, yeah, okay, the, the truth, script. the truth. Yeah, tell them, tell them, tell them. Tell them, tell them. Tell, 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 tell. So I'm, I'm out there in my towel. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. I'm a professional. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I said, we're a slut. He said he's in his trailer. He's not coming out. <laughs> and so I, I, and so I'm standing there with his double. Now I looked at this guy, this double's ass, and I said, "Wait a minute, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do him a favor." I, mean, I ran in there. I thought, "Are you gonna let him do this to you?" This guy, this guy, like he was like, he's like this wide, very so hairy, had like a pompadour. <laughs> They have a good time. They're having a good time. Yeah, because uh, someone commented on our Facebook that they thought Russell had a stunt butt, but apparently that was all Russell. All Russell. Yeah, I like it. Um, I was just, can I, I thought that clip, um, whilst it was an audio clip for most, mm. I got to see the footage. Yeah. Man, right, Kurt's in a, he's in a timeless outfit there. Yeah. He looks great. Yeah, he really is. He's just got a classic, like, uh, like lighter, light blue, lighter blue jean, tan boot, tan leather boot. Nice blazer like Chelsea boot sort of thing. Yeah. Grey blazer, white shirt. It's just, he looks on point. His hair is immaculate. He looks like, amazing. he looks like. Cash, and yeah, Stallone is in a suit with like the suspenders and the glasses. I don't know if he wears glasses. Like I don't know how much this was a conscious choice to look like his character, True. or if this was wrapped up yeah. in the, like a re- overall rebrand. Because in some of the interviews, he did talk about how, which we've touched on before, how he felt a bit trapped in his usual movie persona. Yeah, right. So I don't know. Yeah, it's. It's very interesting. Like he's literally wearing the same glasses from the movie in all of these interviews. They're nice glasses. They're great glasses. He looks pretty good too. I think he lost weight. Has he ever Has he ever let that rig really slide? He hasn't, has he? The closest was uh, Copland, which I would still be happy with as an after picture at this point. I'd be like, yeah, you know what? He just looks a little bloated. <laughs> like he'd had a bowl of pasta. Yeah. Like it ain't that bad. Yeah. And actually while I'm on that topic, I think this this type of Stallone movie – is that Stallone is an interesting one, I guess even more so than Arnold. Some of his films are fucking films, like Rocky and First Blood and Copland. They're like, oof, yeah, fucking movies, films, capital F films. But as far as like movies go, these these sorts of ones are my favourite. And I would put like the campiness and everything, like it's mm. – I, I, I think it's pretty unique lap pack-wise – I don't think Arnold has many of these types of movies. I would put Demolition Man in a similar category. Mm. I would put Over the Top maybe in a similar category. These weird like they're so campy and um, Mm. over the top so to speak. 
and I enjoy them so much. Actually, Arnold's probably Running Man. Running Man might be the closest one that fits into this category, like super campy, mm-hmm. probably got bad reviews, but highly enjoyable. Mm. Um, Co- Cobra like doesn't quite get there. Like Cobra is all, I didn't really like Cobra that much, but it, but it's almost, if it was a bit better, it could have fallen into that category too. Like it's cheesy as yeah. fuck. <laughs> His number plate is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it says awesome. <laughs> His jeans. <laughs> oh, His wait, jeans. do I love that movie? Wait a second. <laughs> this sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I'm enjoying this again. Like Stallone and those all those movies I kind of mentioned weren't huge for me as a kid, and watching them now, I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is a really enjoyable Stallone niche for me, big time, and it's a unique space that he occupies with these films. I think, um, and I enjoy them, yeah. Greg. I enjoy. They are enjoyable, and I think you know, obviously, we look at everything with the with a lens of nostalgia. Yeah, and they're quite of the time. Absolutely. So you do have a little memory lane trip yeah, um, just by the general vibe of the film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I didn't watch it that much as a kid but even with not having much, you know, distinct memory of it, it is inherently nostalgic I guess. And I was thinking about like would I like this if it was released today or do I just like it because it's Stallone and it's the 80s and it's Kurt Russell. And I was thinking, I guess yeah. the main difference would be if it was made today, it would have to be more of like a Shane Black, yeah, more overtly comedy type of deal. Just so basically, just some, this with a bit of tinsel. <laughs> yeah, basically some Christmas lights in the background, um, and it, well, that's interesting too because now, obviously, most of the time I do origin story research after I've watched the film, and that origin story makes so much sense now because when I was watching it, I was like, "Fuck, this is bordering on." Spoof. Like this is almost a parody of the genre, mm. but it's not quite. Yeah. For the for the tone that you feel when you're watching it, there aren't that many actual jokes. And, yeah. and so it makes sense that the guy that shot most of it wasn't making a comedy, but then the guy that did all of the post production, I guess tried to edit it into one. So it's this it's a weird I still liked it, but I do think it could have done with more jokes. Like if it had like a punch-up writer come in just to insert more jokes. Because some of the jokes that are in there, just the, like the actual dialogue itself is just a bit, doesn't quite land. Like, where'd you learn to drive? He's like, Stevie Wonder. He didn't say who taught you to drive. Like just change the line. You know, there's just things like that that irked me. Loose ends. Yeah, but the uh, the whole package is inherently funny to me. But in terms of the individual like lines of dialogue that are jokes, they're a bit meh. I found anyway. Well, I yeah, I agree. Um, and also that the post production thing is really interesting because you know what I found a bit jarring in this movie. Yeah, was the score. Oh, uh, yeah, it's got this sort of zany. Yeah. So I, based on what you're point, saying, yeah, yeah, it's like they've obviously got. Oh, we need some sort of. We need. This scene's not funny enough. Comedic. <laughs> Put in some Benny Hill. Some funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. It's exactly. Yeah. So they've obviously pulled whatever levers they could, but it, I feel like it would be better without it somehow. Yeah, it's like it, I understand if people don't like this movie, I understand the reviews. Like it makes sense. I still find it very enjoyable. But um but I would say 
I think it would technically be better if it if it either went if it leaned in one way more, either be more serious or more funny. Mm. And it's kind of in between. Yeah, no, I get that. Can I um can I change topics slightly? Oh, of course. It's still about this film. Yeah, 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 of course. Okay. Um, cool, cool. Can we talk about chins? Oh. I haven't seen any big chins. Oh, actually, I saw a huge chin in this very film. <laughs> That's right. Possibly the, the biggest chin of all. Yeah. Chin man, um, Robert, Robert Zadar. He broke my legs, my leg and my jaw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The chap, this, so this guy, um, now if you've seen this film uh, and if you're listening to this, there's a good chance you have. He's a real Buzz Lightyear um, looking fella. Yeah, wow. So he... Robert Zadar, he's, um, he's passed away now, um, sadly, about uh, seven years ago. Yeah. Um, he was an actor. He was Maniac Cop. Yes. He was, I think, the title guy in Maniac Cop. I only learned this today and I haven't seen that movie and then I went and watched the trailer and now I want to do that movie very soon on this podcast. I was obsessed with watching it when I was a kid. Oh, really? Um, yeah, but I don't think I ever saw it because it was at the – Oh, it had a, probably had a I great video cover. I remember just seeing it. Yeah, and I just like wanted to watch it because it looked hectic. Yeah. But I don't know that I ever saw it. I can't remember it. Um, but I certainly like can't remember the actual film, but I certainly remember wanting to watch it. Um and it got just back on the on, on Bobby Zadar's chin. It's a it's a glorious yeah. thing. It just got me thinking, there's some chins out there in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, that's for sure. Yeah. So I had a bit of a, a Google. Um I thought I'd just list out some of some of the better chins in Hollywood, if if you would indulge me. Are we talking better, like aesthetic, or like bigger? Uh, well, it's it's open okay, to interpretation. Okay, sorry. Oh, so oh. this is from a website, StarInsider.com. Whose chin wins in Hollywood? Um, <laughs> it's got uh, Kirk Douglas. Oh he yeah, chin. He, he had a real dump, a dimple chin. I always wonder how he shaves it. Yeah, you'd have to move the skin got- over or something. Yeah. I don't know. I just leave a little furball in there. They've got Arnie. <laughs> um, I guess, yeah. Ah, Rumor Willis. Jennifer Aniston, she's got quite a. It's quite angular, yeah. It's quite angular. Uh, oh, the Jaws guy. Jo- uh, Jaws. Yeah, but he's just. Big chin. His whole jaw isn't that impressive. He's just got metal teeth. He's a big one. Ron Perlman. Oh, fuck yeah, man. Yeah. 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 Um, Anthony Robbins, that doesn't count. He's not in Hollywood. Yeah. Come on, I need a better chin. So stay with me. Come on. <laughs> this, this website's one of those sort of pretty sketchy ones. <laughs> Quagmire doesn't count. These are – I feel bad listing the women. I'm just going to list the men because <laughs> I feel like I'm – but it's mostly women. They're all women. <laughs> Come on, I thought this site had a few – Ah, John Travolta. No, that's a chin. My God. Yeah, he's got a. Re- I don't know how he gets in there. Yeah, Aaron Eckhart. Yeah, he's got a chin. He's got a great chin. Yeah, oh, Simon Cowell. Yeah, he's got a chin. Danny Trejo. Oh, to a point. Nah. Paul Newman. Aaron Eckhart. I think he's the chin of the of the list. Uh Ron Perlman. Even Ron Perlman. Who are you going to give it to? I think I'll give it to. Eckhart, because I feel like that's a defining feature. That is, he is 90% chin. He's mostly chin. I, I never noticed his chin, not once before. I did, because I always thought, you know how he's two-faced and then 
he's a good guy in the beginning and then he announces that he was Batman to cover whatever the fuck. And I was like, he's got the chin. He's got a chin to be a good Batman. Because there's a difference. Can we and do we differentiate? This is a question for you. Okay, Justin. yeah. Do you differentiate chin from jawline? That is a really good point. That's a very good point. And I noticed that. Because if you go jawline, you're going, you're going like Brad Pitt, right? He's got. He's got you do. a pretty pronounced jawline because he's got the – like he's clenching It's pronounced time. but volume-wise it's because he's always eaten, always eaten on camera, that Bradley Pitts. Yeah, that's why he's got such a strong yeah. – he's got the strong muscle there because yeah. he's chewing a lot. He's chewing a lot. That's how you build it up. Yeah. Um, I mean he has – again, this comes down to aesthetic versus like as volume. But you're right because I did catch myself using chin and jaw interchangeably because I called this guy mm. chin man but really he's a jawman. His jaw is huge. Mm. But apparently he's appeared in over 121 films. What? Wow. 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 And he played in wow. a band called Nova Express. He also wrote jingles for commercials. And Wow. 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 And was a Chippendales dancer. Ooh. He looks pretty greasy. Yeah, yeah. His, his face is fascinating. So he has cherubism. Which is a thing. I felt I posted on Instagram last night his face and then Buzz Lightyear, and then after yeah. I after I read about him, and I was like, oh, that's a serious thing. I felt bad. I didn't take oh. it down because it's still funny, but <laughs> it does. He does actually look like Buzz Lightyear. He does though. though. Yeah, he does, and that's a it's a compliment, you know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want that to be taken the wrong way. Yeah. While we're talking about the baddies in this, and I don't mean Terry Hatcher, I mean eighties baddies. We've got, we've got Chinman, Robert Zadar. Mm-hmm. But this mm-hmm. is, this mm-hmm. council of old men is pretty amazing. You've got James Hong in there. Um, yeah. you got Otherwise known as Cassandra's dad. Exactly. Otherwise known as everything, everywhere, all at once, granddad. Mm-hmm. Otherwise known as Legend, just, Legend got of a, the screen. just got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame at the age of 90-something. Oh, man. Yeah. Wild. What a legend. What a legend. Um, Jack Palance, of course. Brian James. Now, this is funny. So Brian James, the guy that looks really familiar because he was in Blade Runner and a few other things. Yeah. Great character actor. The big geezer in this. Yeah. So he was supposed to. He's American though, right? Yeah. So he was supposed to have. Oh, blimey. He was supposed to be there for two days and he ended up being there for 12 weeks. Such is the chaos that was this shoot. I've got a little quote from him talking about this experience and it's pretty fucking funny. (laughs) On every level, he says, so I get there and I'm acting with Stallone and made my character have a Cockney accent just to add something. <laughs> Keeping in mind, he thought he had like two scenes at this point. So I think it was just to do something. I said, yeah. I'm in a movie with all these guys. How am I going to chew the scenery with all these fuckers? So I created Cockney. Uh, I created the Cockney. I'm not just another man from Cleveland. They loved it. They played off it. They got into it. So Stallone started rewriting the script. The script wasn't really ready, but they were there to go. Uh so when you go, you go, okay, he's rambling. <laughs> the script is ready and when it was not, he would fix it. Okay, whatever, this is, this is, why do they write all this, these parts? Just do the dot, dot, dot. All right. Put it in the chat, PT, GPT. <laughs> yeah. The film was $20 million over budget and I wound up getting on the film for 14 weeks. My part went from a few days to much bigger, so I became the main bad guy and not Jack Palance. And I guess he had to keep up the accent and I guess they kept changing dialogue to like, Governor, bollocks. <laughs> that was so That's fucking hilarious. funny. Bollocks, this. Like there were phrases that weren't really phrases. They're just like the mushing English words together. Bollocks to plan, eh? 
I like this. Up yours, arsehole. You ain't worth a toss. Go on, drop me. Do it. So fucking Fish and bad. chips. <laughs> Did he talk about his shoulder pads at all? He didn't, but that was, fuck, when he first stepped on the scene, I was like, who the fuck is that? And his face looked really it's familiar. Ginormous. And he was huge. Then I realised who he was. And... I don't know, he never seemed like a huge guy in other things. Like in Blade Runner, I just picture him with too much saliva, basically. He's kind of gross in that. <laughs> he's pretty tall. Apparently he's like 191. Oh, really? 6'3". All right. So he's he's got a, wasn't a small man. He's got a couple of CMs on me, bastard. He's past two, RIP. Oh, has he? He oh, Yeah, damn. he died in 99. Died a while ago. Oh, shit. We, um, we obviously, he's... He's a good guy in uh, Fifth Element. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because he's normally a baddie. He's one of the – Baddie's baddie. Yeah. Not Not a babe. Yeah. Well, uh, 80s baddies can also be baddies. I want to see that Venn diagram. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Another thing he talked about that I saw that was really cool was uh, apparently it was – it's one of the most pirated videos in the history of Russia. And I guess the director was cash. Russian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there were 80,000 pirated copies. He said Warner Brothers was crazy not to market it properly, but that film was huge. I went to the Ukraine when I was shooting another film and I was mobbed. I was in the Black Sea and I had no idea that people even knew who I was. So he had a real F. Murray Abraham moment. And I'm referring to F. Murray Abraham from uh, 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 The Last Action Hero, but also from The White Lotus who now has a bunch mm, of like Amadeus. young Gen Z fans cheering him on on the red carpet. That's such a beautiful video. That was such a great clip. So nice. He, and he killed Mozart. <laughs> yeah, um, he did. Um, way off topic. Did there. you know they're doing? There's currently a stage production here doing Amadeus the movie, obviously, which um, Amadeus Amadeus Abraham's in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get my musicals crossed. Yeah. <laughs> he's um he's. Uh, Martin Sheen's out here playing, I don't know, one of them. Well, in Australia. My mates went and saw it at, yeah, my mates went and saw it at the Opera House and he goes, that we were front row. He goes, I'm pretty sure I got some saliva on me from, from Sheen. the great Martin Sheen oh, wow. this week. Never watched that face I didn't even know it was on. That's cool. Such is my cultural heathenism. I didn't know we got that kind of stuff in Australia. Neither. I thought it would be played Respect. by someone off Neighbours. Yeah, maybe Martin Sheen was from Neighbours. Oh, maybe he was, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He worked at Lassiter's. Was it Lassiter's? I think it was Lassiter's. (laughs) (laughs) He went and did a a hostile takeover of Lassiter's. I could see that. Love Martin Sheen. Yeah, he's a good man. man. I got one more story from this villain, Rusty. Yeah. (laughs) So Jack Palance. Ah, Palance. Palance, Jack Palance. Now this, Curly. this is fucking great, Greg. This is I did text Greg ten minutes before we started recording. I said, Greg, I found Ah, this is it. I found something. I was hoping it I was hoping it wasn't what you already showed me. Not that there was anything wrong with that. This is how the system works. I saw on IMDB trivia something that I thought didn't sound true, and it said that Jack Palance said in an interview with Jay Leno something about hating working on this movie. And I was like, huh. Well, if it's on Jay Leno, it's gotta be on YouTube. I looked it up and I found it. Uh, it was not the year they said it was, but I found the clip. And I'm just going to hit play and I'll probably edit it down uh, for listeners at home. But all of this 
all of this is gold. Curly's gold, as it were. Um, <laughs> the legend of Curly's gold. This had to be just about the worst experience I've had. Really? Yeah, working in a film. Now, why would I want to talk about a film like that? Because I didn't like the guys, that's why. And now, now, who are we, now, who are we talking about? We, 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 oh, I don't want to get into names. <laughs> there are two stars in the film, right? It's, you have Stallone and, uh, and, uh, and Kurt Russell. Yeah, well, I was in it, too. Oh, well, you're in it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming this is a self-hatred death. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, besides you. Yeah, besides me, there were those two. <laughs> now, were, were, they, were, they hard to, were they hard to work with, those two? I don't think it's a matter of those two. I think Russell is very nice. Russell is nice. So let's narrow it down. Oh, wow, wow, wow. That's narrowing things down too much. So you didn't, <laughs> you, no. didn't, you didn't get along with Stallone in the film? No. The only thing that I would say is that these guys who have become stars now, they're the most arrogant. You can't swear on the show, can you? Uh, no. No. Well, a little bit. No, I can't. A little. It's got to be a lot. <laughs> I mean, they're the most arrogant bastards that I, I, I have ever worked with. Now, in what way? In, in what, I mean... I've never seen guys who suddenly... I don't know what the hell has happened to the industry. I've never seen guys who are so important. The ego is bigger than mine, and I couldn't believe it. Really? <laughs> Wait a minute, now this, this is getting hard to believe. Yeah. Now, wait, now, wait, now, wait, now, let's get, now this is very interesting. Let's get to the bottom of this. Now, is this something where people are, like, fighting about the script, or they, they want bigger trailers, or what was Well, the... I started this film, you know, they give me a script, and they say, this is it, and I read it, and I said, yeah, I'd like to do this. Right. Now, I had nine, three nice scenes with Stallone. When we shot the script, I didn't, I didn't even see Stallone. <laughs> I don't know where the hell he was. He was someplace else, but all the scenes that I had with him were cut. With him were cut. Uh, so I, I did scenes with butterflies and, uh, and uh, monkeys and, you know, absolutely anything to fill in for those scenes that used right, to be. Right. I'll pause it there for a second. He goes, it's a related topic. It's, it's not about this film, but it is about a film we've covered from the same year that I think our friends of the show would like to hear as well. He's about to talk about the Batman. Oh. Ah, well, what the hell. That, that doesn't matter. And then there's a film called uh, Batman. A oh, Batman? Yeah. Right. I think, yeah, yeah. Oh, three of the people here oh, have seen wait it. Wait a minute. Wait till I get through with this one. Wait right. a minute. Now, who are we talking about now? <laughs> no, I'm just talking about a guy who makes $50 million. I think somebody made $50 million in this film. Um, Nicholson? That would be Jack Nicholson. $50 million, and Something everybody like else makes 50 cents? <laughs> I don't know if this is democracy or communism, because it seems like all of this money is going to one guy while everybody stands there in the background. And... Now, wait. Now, wait. But he didn't get paid. He had a piece of the profits, right? I don't think... I, whatever he had, he's got a lot of cash. Well, he got a lot of dough. <laughs> I think you should get his agent, is what you should do. If I got his agent, I'd strangle the bastard. (laughs) 
think of this, this guy at the range. Such a deal for somebody to get $50 million, and the other guys are going around saying, please, you got a nickel for me, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, but what, but see, what, what is your point now? What's he, my point? He's a good actor if you can if you can get that kind of money. I don't think it has to do anything with anything at all with being a good actor. And I don't think Batman has anything to do with selling Jack Nicholson. Batman is Batman. My God, they could have sold that with... With Mr. Di Cordova. It's the best thing ever. And wow. This was, this was, that interview was in 1989, by the way. So the same year Batman came out, the same year this film came out. He's presumably promoting this movie. <laughs> yeah. But he's gone on a tear because Jack Nicholson got paid. Fifty million, man. Did he? Yeah, he did for Batman. That was that was like one of the big record uh, things. But it's yeah. it's um. I, I kind of agree with him. We've talked about this before. I think there should be like a salary cap on actors, and it's like once you've hit your mm. twenty five mil for the year or whatever, thirty fifty mil, you have to. Mm. There's no more gigs for you. Like, there's so mm. many actors out there. There's so much talent out there. Mm. We don't just need to see The Rock and Ryan Reynolds and everything, man. Like, let's get some fucking give people a chance. Yeah, like Key Kwan. Give P's a chance. Yeah, give P's a chance. They're very good. And let the box office decide <laughs> if we want Ryan in every movie or not. Yeah. Let the bottle shop decide. I reckon there needs to be a disclaimer as much as a. This is a product endorsed. This is a product endorsed and owned by Hollywood. Man, have you seen all of? I'll the- buy the gin next to it. We we've been talking about as a as a dude, we like The Rock. Probably same Ryan Reynolds. Like that'll be fun to have a beer with, or a Terramata, perhaps, or an a- Aviation Gin, uh, any any of those fucking things. <laughs> uh, but the movies, man. But uh, you know, we've been talking outside of the pod, Greg, as we tend to do sometimes. And there's so much mm, backlash mm. against The Rock now that we almost feel like we can't say it anymore because... Yeah, we're going to dial back. Yeah, dial back. But I will say this, Greg. <laughs> Have you seen how much is coming out about all this shit to do with Black Adam and just how The Rock he was about everything? Like there was all yeah. this... He was rubbing everyone the wrong way. He wanted Terramana at the premiere for a PG film. Like all these things that are just, and some of these things, it doesn't sound that spicy, I guess, but yeah, apparently all these things are just real no-nos. Like you just don't do that. Like everyone's going to hate you. You're being kind of a dick. Yeah, There's just lots of little things like that of him just being kind of a dick. Not overtly, just kind of a dick. People are a bit like, oh, <laughs> like, oh you bought your mum a house. Okay. Yeah. Who called him on that? <laughs> yeah, it was good, right? That was, um, They're like, oh, mate. you bought your mum a house now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um what's his name? Kevin Hart. That was great. Yeah, that's that was right. great. Yeah. Speaking of family, Dwayne, you also just recently bought your mom a house. I did. That like I'll makes count. me want to cry. Yeah, no, no way. <laughs> no, no, no way. I gotta get it's, it's, about time. it's about time. It's <laughs> A billion dollars later, he finally bought his mom a house. All right. Should we clap for that? <laughs> I think the whole room right now is thinking the same thing. No, uh, wait, wait. It's about <laughs> <laughs> Hey, mom! <laughs> Look what I got no you! No more apartment! Here you go! Look what I got you! No more trailer park! Let's get out that duplex! Oh, <laughs> no, no, listen, I have been lucky enough to buy our homes over the years. Of course! <laughs> yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Hey, we talked, we touched on Terry Hatcher. Um, mm. 
but I we didn't touch on Jerry Hatch. Interesting <laughs> choice of words. Interesting choice of words. <laughs> there you go. Uh, she's a babe uh, in anyone's language. Did you ever watch Lois and Clark back in the day? That was huge. Did I? I was uh, pretty sure I was in love with her. Yeah, pretty man. sure. I think that may have been one of the earliest. Yeah, I think her, Tilioti, and um, and Alex Mack. That was that was like the awakening. Of, yeah, yeah, I'd forgotten, but she was definitely in the mix. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I watched Lois and Clark every week and I could not tell you a single what point. <laughs> I, I remember I yeah, same. I remember one when he made a he made an earthquake. Really? Running, holding his yeah, he put his hands against the wall and ran against the wall just to like distract someone and Terry Hatcher was like, That's at least a five <laughs> On the Richter scale. On uh, the Hatcher made, scale. Uh, yeah, because you get so many Richter recordings in Metropolis that you use jargon like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I lie. I do remember one scene, and it always stuck with me just because of the absurdity that is Superman Clark Kent. Mm. But um, I, I guess he asked her, maybe he asked her to marry her, him or something as Clark, and then she goes, mm. who's asking? Clark takes off his glasses or Superman it's like, Ooh. oh, finally, woman, it took you five years to realise. <laughs> Who cares? It's all Dean Kane, baby. Yeah, he was a babe too. He, I was watching yeah, the- Mega um, babe. What's he up to? I don't know. Uh, he's, uh, he's, I think he's, he's gone uh, the way of Kevin Sorbo, I think, a little bit. Oh, well. Yeah. Happens to the best of them. But I, well, I, well, I'm getting off topic here, Greg. The point was I've got some half-assed um, Terry Hatcher trivia here for you. Okay. And as it, turn, as it turns out, I've only got three points here. I, this is something I was looking at and I was writing down and then I guess I went and did something else and forgot to finish it. Go but, on. but they're still pretty interesting, I would argue, Greg. Um, she was a cheerleader for the 49ers in 1984. Mm-hmm. Ding, that, true. pretty good. It's true. true. Okay, yeah, these are all true. So you keep picking. I'll just keep saying true. Yeah. She, this was the most interesting one perhaps for me. She nearly... Got Helen Hunt's role in Mad About You. She was down to the final two. True. It's true as well. Yeah, these are all true. Um, <laughs> really? That's crazy. That's crazy. That's, crazy. That's a real sliding doors thing because that would have been such a different trajectory for her. Right. And so, okay, I got another one I didn't write down, but it's still quite, well, it's trivial to say the least. Um, the Seinfeld, I always wanted the, the sequence of these things. The Seinfeld episode and Lois and Clark were both. 1993. Lois and Clark started in 1993. And I think Seinfeld was first. So it was less of a cameo, more of just a small role. Yeah, it was. I remember that. Yeah. But I think a lot of- They're real and they're fantastic. Yeah, exactly. But I think a lot of the Jerry's girlfriends, which I didn't realise at the time, I think a lot of them were sort of cameos. Yeah. But not all of them. Not all of them. But hers wasn't. And Jennifer Coolidge was one. The masseuse. I don't remember. Remember he tries to make her give him a massage? She's like, I massage who I want when I want. And it was her. She looks so different. She looks like a different person. (laughs) And I don't mean that insulting way. She just looks like a different person. She looks very different. Oh, exactly. It was the 90s, man. Yeah. Final point of trivia. These are all true. Um, At the height of the show's popularity in 1995, talking about Lois and Clark, a picture of Hatcher wrapped in a Superman cape, was reportedly the most downloaded image on the internet for several months. Oh, good for her. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Do you know why? Because I was just having a little Google of – I just didn't recognise that. 
I know that I remember her. I remember the episode. That's her. What Seinfeld? Jennifer Coolidge. That's oh wild. yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Anyway, sorry, mate. It's all right. I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. I was so intrigued. You piqued my interest. <laughs> um. So she was the most downloaded. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That could be us one day, Greg. You know, Superman flag. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Keep going. Hey, I, I looked up Dean Kane. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, he has recently been uh, appointed on the board of the NRA. Right. Um, Interesting. There you go. Interesting. Terry Hatcher. Yeah. <laughs> Babe. First double impact appearance as well. Let's capture that. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> welcome to the show, Terry Hatcher. Future guest, perhaps. Um, Probably. <laughs> right? Come at some point, maybe. Probably. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what the future holds? Uh, should we get into the verdict? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's verticize. Yeah. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. Uh, any huge things that fundamentally break? I mean, this is pretty light on racism and sexism. Like, there's not really much of that other than just absence of, well, James Hong is in there. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, uh, for the era, this is... Above par. I will get into representation in a sec. But, yeah, no fundamental issues, right, I don't think. Mm. Shower scene's a bit weird, but FX test, yeah, nothing sticks out to me as poorly done. Tarago was pretty sweet. <laughs> that was. Weaponized Tarago. Yeah. <laughs> very strange scene. <laughs> uh, representation, Bechdel test. I mean, I think Terry Hatch is the only female in this movie. Or oh, maybe one of the other dancers in the in the change room. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about. It. There's some good '80s, not unnecessary titty. Oh, yeah, it's a classic. There was a club. couple. Yeah. There was a couple having sex in the car park when he's chasing the assassin in the opening. You know, one of the opening scenes. Yeah. There's a couple. Just I guess they're dogging. Nice. That's a, a couple that's of people a, standing around watching them in the car. That's the kind of thing as an early teen. There's just enough to get you in, and you're like, well, maybe there'll be more. <laughs> Call me a prude, but I don't feel that a car park <laughs> is a good spot to have sex. Yeah, um, you are a prude. Unless you want people to watch, unless you're dogging or whatever it's called. Dogging, yeah. right? Isn't it the act of? Exhib- exhibitionism? Yeah. Porn? Yeah, st- Stan Collymore. <laughs> it's that famous football I got sprung dogging. Oh, uh, did he? Is, anyway. is that the loophole to pass the Bechdel test by by chance? Uh, no. No two female characters. But there was dogging, which <laughs> that's a pass. <laughs> uh, Ray Spectel, I think there was only one race in this. Um, oh, no, there, yeah, James Hong was in there. That's not bad. Yeah, I don't think it gets it across the but line. It doesn't really get it across the line, no. Um, cultural relevance. Did Simpsons do it? Great question. Let me double check. It appears not. It appears not. That surprises me. There was probably some small sight gag or something, right? Uh, porn parody, another great question. I just had a look. I don't think so. It's just uh, got the scene from. I just have a variety of sections. The change room. Hey, uh, overall, man, I would say this is a rewatch. 
What about you, Greg? Yeah, it is for me. It's very easy to watch. I could genuinely throw this on at any time. I've got a couple of movies like that. The more more recent one, This Is The End, I can throw that on any time. Yeah, that's a good one. You don't yeah. like art. Yeah, exactly. And the one that has in jokes per minute, this one has in tropes per minute. Tropes or jokes, that's how yeah, you get yeah. me. Yeah. Um, Joke did, tropes? <laughs> did you do any recast these? I didn't. I thought about it for about a minute and I was like, oh, no. I, I got the shit version, which would be, if it was made today, it probably would be Ryan Reynolds and The Rock. Yeah. Unless exactly. it was it was more of a James Black, Shane Black thing, in which case I've just stolen his other movie, The Nice Guys, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. That would be a good little. Mm-hmm. I don't know That'd who would work. play who. But well, you do. Right, Gosling would be the banker. Yeah, I think so, right? Yeah. 100%. Hundy Purr. Hundy Purr. As, as the kids say. <laughs> as the kids say, man. Um Fuck, Nice Guys is a good movie. Anyway, uh, MVP. Mm. I think I'll, I'm going to give MVP to Kurt Russell perhaps. Me too. Yeah, why not? Special mention to Terry for for being a babe. Her first, first film, second film, first year of films. I don't know. Early don't days. Know. Early days. Early days, yeah. Early days. Early days. That's all. What have we got next week? Oh, we're doing So I Married an Axe Murderer. I'm looking Are forward we? to it. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, I haven't seen that for a long. I don't know if I've ever seen it end to end. That's the whole slam poetry. Before, uh, pop prediction. Yeah. Well, it's kind of it's kind of in the title. But there's nuances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Movies where the plot is in the title. That's a good. That's a good. I know he's a. I know he's a slam poet. Yeah. Whoa, man. She ate my lunch. <laughs> she stole my heart and my cat. Um. Until then. Hey, leave us a review. Hey, follow us on Instagram. Follow us on the Facebook. We're all over all the mm. things they usually go to. So yeah, do that yeah, after yeah, you leave yeah. a review and we'll be, we'll be good friends. And we'll be back in your ears in seven days. Seven Craig days. David. <laughs> Craig David. Mm. Mm. my Peregrine Falcon. <laughs> Bye. I saw the word that has cursed me. I thought Sylvester was bad. So the parents say, listen, okay, Sylvester is rough. We're going to give you a name that doesn't offend anyone. It's kind of catchy and very masculine. How about Binky? (laughs) (laughs) And that was it, Binky. Binky Stallone. Well, actually, I was named after a hairbrush. It was called the Binky Hairbrush and Comb Set. Yes. That's deep. Do you have a nickname? Go-Go. Stinky. <laughs> Stinky. So did you say Go-Go? Yeah, Go-Go. Where'd that come from? I didn't know it that. Was a, it was a baseball nickname from early in my childhood, and it turns out to be, was uh, Goldie's nickname as a child, too. Oh, that's... Go-Go and Go-Go. Great. Hi, Great. Wow. Hey, man. Let's go. Call the kid Gone-Gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. I... <laughs>